Give me warp in the factor of five, six, seven, eight. Hello, everyone, and welcome to Discussing Trek. Today, we're here to review Star Trek Lower Decks Season 4, Episode 6, Part Ferengi's Heart Place. Like always, I'm your host, Clarence. I'm joined by my fellow co host, Last Trekkie, starting with and exclusively tonight, <laughs> Larry Irby. How you doing, man? I'm all right. You are, you just all right. You're all right, man. I'm how's it going? Right. How's, how's things going in your world, man? Uh, busy. Well, I know how that is. I can, I can relate. So, man, um, any Star Trek related news you'd like to get into before we dive into this review of Lord X? Yes. Do tell. Well, it's a little bit of news. I was watching one of the shows and they were going over um, Patrick Stewart's memoirs or whatever that came mm. out or it's coming out. And there was an excerpt, you know, he gave all his reasons to do Star Trek Picard and the things he didn't want and his biggest reason. And I think he touched on this before. He didn't want it to be a next generation uh, reunion. Yeah. He wanted Picard to have moved on. He didn't want him in Starfleet anymore was a big one. And he also did not want Picard in a uniform. <laughs> and by the end of the show, everything he didn't want come to pass, which is really bizarre. Yeah. And, you know, we had the flashback scenes, which of course had to have a uniform. So I, I remember distinctly, that was the directive when this show first started, he didn't mm-hmm. want to just do another TNG, bring all the TNG characters back, but that's kind of what happened in the end. And everybody loved it. So, Patrick Stewart may have been wrong on that, but I will admit it was good to get something a little bit different before we dove back into what we knew. So maybe that's what made us love it that much more. I don't know. When Gray saying that he was in a special leather jacket uniform, <laughs> you know, I love those those uniforms that they had, those leatherous type uniforms. I think Seven had one, something similar as well. Yeah. And Mars and Picard season three was brilliant. Indeed, it was. We have other news we could talk about, but we're just going to get right into this review Starship Lower Decks Part Ferengi's Heart Place was written by Cullen Crawford and directed by Brandon Williams. The USS Cerritos visits the Ferengi homeworld. So if you have not watched this episode, put us on pause, go out, watch it, come back, because from this moment forward, spoilers. Spoilers. Red alert. All hands stand to battle station. What gives you the right? You cannot destroy an idea. The spoiler warning has been dropped and we are back to review this episode. Larry, let me get your high level thoughts on this episode, sir. I enjoyed this episode. This was Lower Decks doing what Lower Decks does well. Telling their own stories, giving us some nostalgia, some, but not just treading over, oh, we're going to mention Spock did this. We're going to mention Worf did that or whatever. But like, actually, and I'm going to say you're seeing uh, Chase or hearing Chase and Max back as Lita and Rom. Oh, my God. <laughs> it was so good. Yeah, man. I don't know if I had the slightest clue that they would be back for this episode. I really didn't never even cross my mind. Neither. But but man, I agree when they do their own thing, it's always the best lower decks. And what this episode managed to do, it managed to extend on the canon that we knew, bring back these characters, but not just to solely rehash old things. We went into new territory. I mean, the Ringnars joining the Federation. 
and this is their application. So, yeah, I like how they brought back stuff and they extended on it. I think it's an episode of character growth for Mariner. And I think we got what we've always wanted to see with with uh, Tindy and Rutherford to see where that <laughs> relationship may go, even though it's under false pretenses. But, you know, very interesting <laughs> to see them get a little closer, one might say. Yeah. The weird thing is you couldn't tell was would it not work just because they're just super, super good friends and it just is not in the cards or is the idea there and they're both so scared of it, like they don't want to ruin their friendship, that they're just suppressing it? Mm, I think it's fear. And a, a fear over maybe, you know, like you said, they're such great friends, they don't want to ruin it. You know, I just found it weird that they didn't think they had chemistry at one point. But yeah, the way they work together, the way they click off each other, I think they're just like almost a perfect couple. But they're together because of this travel guide duty, which is the coveted thing in Starfleet that people love to do is to go to different home worlds and uh, actually just go to bars and museums and have a good old time on the Federation dime. So that's kind of what kind of pushed that in this episode. And they were playing our resident married couple for the trip. So, yeah, putting them in an awkward situation. And I I, I like seeing them squirm a little bit. You know, I've I've seen Eugene Cadero in two great episodes of, of something in the past week and I'm, i've enjoyed them greatly in both oh yeah we we know eugene can be, i'm gonna tell you what though and, and and they always say that um you know it's flattering when you copy something for somebody sluggo cola is absolutely taken from futurama <laughs> oh is it absolutely? really yeah but but did, it was referenced on a um the ds9 episode wasn't it was it? I want to say it was. I can't tell you what episode. But I, all I think of is when they had that um thing on a uh, Futurama, and they all kept drinking it, and it's they it was the slime from the snails, and it was the name. Said, "Wow, this is good." And he told him what it was, and he he spit it out. But then later, he couldn't help it because it was so good. Yeah, I just thought all of that the the ad play, placement, seeing Boimler, uh, the the meta thing there of. We're watching this on Paramount Plus and we're getting all the we're getting the CBSI. We're getting the, the Paramount Mountains and he is sin- sitting there in the far future binging for Ringy TV. Uh, just yeah, just well written and funny. And um, even the in ad placement, all of it. I think they did a perfect job on that. Wayne Grace says it was mentioned. Uh, um, I remember that episode. It was referenced in the DS9 episode where Quirk became a woman, but the branding and stuff here was definitely a riff off of Futurama, so he does yeah. agree with you. Uh, looks like it could have been I did a quick memory alpha search, Profit and Lace. Is that the episode? Maybe. And it was funny, too, because this episode has now become controversial. Mm. It wasn't at the time. Dare I ask why? It's a it's a low. I, do you really <laughs> want to get into you know how people now didn't think something was bad then, mm-hmm. but now all of a sudden they're looking at it through different eyes and they're like, oh, what were they trying to say here? Mm. It was an agenda. Interesting. Interesting. Uh, picking up Mar- Marge's comment. Yeah, you caught the Paramount Mountain. Yes, that was nice. Yeah, um, I got a kick out of seeing that stuff. 
Uh, thanks to Tasha for, if you haven't subscribed to her, we mentioned Win Grace. Subscribe to both of these channels, Win Grace's channel and also Tasha's channel. But Tasha mentioned in her last <laughs> live stream that uh, of these, the CBSI and the mountains, I kind of caught the mountains the first time, but I did not catch the eye the first time, which the, it was the whole TV set was like a big eye. So CBSI. So yeah, they definitely played that up in this episode. I want to go back uh, a little bit here and pick up a comment. Marge mentioned that loving scene Chase and Max back. Yes, they were great. And you know what? They didn't skip a beat. That sounded like they could have did the final episode yesterday. <laughs> and they have a certain chemistry that I really love seeing. And, mm-hmm. you know, talk about character arcs. Talk about Rom from the beginning of DS9 to now as the, the Grand Nagus. That's like huge because um, I hate to say it, but wasn't Rom kind of the, I hate these word dumb, but he was a smart, aloof one in the group to me at first. Rom, Rom's that guy who seems, Rom is a lot like Reg Barkley. When you mm. first see him, you don't think they're formidable. You don't think they're smart. You don't think, and turn out, you know, Rom's a genius. He is. Yes. He's a yes. genius. You know what he did with the self-replicating minds. And you know what? But the best thing, one of the best things they ever did for character art is they turned it on its head. Everybody wanted to see uh, Lita get with um, my boy Bashir uh-huh. or they want to see a get with this person or that person. And it was so amazing that the least likely person on Deep Space Nine <laughs> that Lita could end up being with was Rob. Yeah. Well done. Bravo. <laughs> I didn't see that coming, but I loved it. So let's talk a little bit about the depiction of Fringanar in this episode. Of course, we've seen it before. I remember it being rainy before in the in DS9, but I never really pictured it. And maybe we're just seeing like a subsection of Fringanar, but it's basically Las Vegas. Is is yeah. that kind of what you had in your mind when you think of what Fringanar might be, knowing it's all about the profits and making money and not profits, the profit making money? Profit. <laughs> Listen, the Ferengi were uh, capitalism dialed up to nine. And, yeah. you know, it. we use the Ferengi and we laugh at stuff, but the Ferengi really do embody a lot of the traits that we have now. Like you have so many people who have a ton, ton of money, yet they're willing to cheat and steal to get more. You have more than you can ever spend yeah. now, but I don't care. I need more. And there's the Ferengi always need more. Well, in the cold open, and we'll get in depth in that later, but it was mentioned that Rom, the new Negus, values uh, hospitality, and it was something else he, he said to describe what his what he wanted Fringinar to look like in the future. You know, no more selling weapons. We're not going to do that anymore. We're going to be on the up, and, the up and up. We're trying to get into <laughs> Federation, you know? So I thought that was very interesting as well. And just to take that a little bit further, I love how they used each of the rules of acquisition throughout this episode. I wish I had them written down. I don't. But but I think every time they quoted one, it wasn't wasted. It was always funny and well-placed. So great job with the rules of acquisition there in this episode. That was probably fun to come up with anyway. Oh, yeah. Can you imagine the writers in the in the writer's room on DS9 coming up with all the rules of acquisition? 
Oh, that yeah. just had to be fun. Good fun. Good fun. Pick up Win Grace's comment here. Rom is definitely a good example of being crushed by his own society and coming to his own once allowed out of the box. And now he's running the place. Let me get your thoughts on Fringanar actually becoming a part of the Federation. Are they too much of a money profit driven society to actually be in the Federation? What are your thoughts on that? No, I think that would be good because I'm going to tell you why. The Federation takes all people. You know, you can't always preach inclusion and then, but it's it's got to be inclusion on my terms. That's really not inclusion. Mm. So the Ferengi should be allowed to keep. Now, there are certain things <laughs> we will not allow. We will not allow, you know, the, you know, because we know how they treated the ladies oh, at first. Which, which somebody pointed out that there were unclothed females in this episode. Mm-hmm. But continue. I'm sorry. But most had clothes. Yeah, most had clothes. Even in that, uh, it, the TV scene one had clothes as well. So, oh yeah, bravo, Moogie, bravo. Moogie. Of course, she had clothes on. <laughs> yeah, Moogie, but we yeah. had to do that. So we had to make her a <laughs> maverick because we were obviously weren't going to have any nudity on <laughs> on Deep Space Nine. Let's be real here. Yeah, uh, they saved that for Enterprise. Never mind. <laughs> steamy, steamy scenes, know, man. Yeah, the best. But, <laughs> okay, so, <laughs> But no, seriously, they could have their own culture and, you know, keep everything. I think it would be great to see the like Rom, like especially Nog, you know, and, you know, Aaron, who's, you know, no longer with us. Mm, God rest his soul. Um, He was such he brought Nog. I'm still telling you, Nog is in the top five or top four best story arcs that I have seen in Star Trek. Yeah, great. To come from where he came from as a petty criminal, right? Working for his uncle to being a Starfleet officer. Yeah. Beautiful. Oh, man. Me and my girlfriend was watching the episode. I don't know the name of the episode, but the one when Nog, I guess it could have been the several, but Nog and, and Jake were on a date. <laughs> and and Nog was trying to go by all the Ferengi rules of women with the dates. And uh, Jake was just over there shaking his head like, nah, come on, man. <laughs> you, can't, you can't do that. You know? Yeah, man. Such a great character. Such yeah, a great character, man. And Aaron and Chirac had such good chemistry, too, when they would do those things. But think about it. If they join the Federation, maybe the Federation would find a way to justify all the money they spend that they don't actually have because we don't. <laughs> Use money. Pick up a few comments here. Tasha is saying there was a new rule of acquisition in this episode. I didn't catch the new one, but oh, I want to know. Makes sense. And Marge is saying the rules of acquisition lend seriousness to the Ferengi. Yes, yeah, that's their code of honor. Yeah, I'm holding up quotes here for honor for Ferengi, but <laughs> yeah. Uh, and when Grace saying only nudity allowed was Troy's mom. Yeah, remember when they got kidnapped? Why am I not remembering that? But we do get the introduction of two new Ferengi. We get Parth, of course, in his love palace or heart's play, whatever they're calling it in this episode. We get him and we get Quimp in this episode. So I want to start with Quimp. Quimp and Mariner. Mariner goes off with her friend Quimp. And to me, this episode was a great moment of growth for Mariner because she sees where I guess she had this friend that they used to run tight <laughs> and get in all type of mischief. But when she is back, 
he is like, well, what are you doing? You, you haven't grown up any. I'm a different person now. I don't party and get drunk and all this other stuff anymore. I'm a different person. I've grown up. And uh, we we learned that Mariner has been a, a lieutenant junior grade before, which I think we knew that already. But yeah, he's like, what's wrong with you? You you have a free ride in a fancy car, basically. You're just killing it. You're destroying all your opportunities. And hopefully this is a point that Mariner sees that it's time to grow up a little bit. What did you think about Mariner in this episode? I actually think Mariner's been on this track this year. And I I disagreed with some people because I know there were some people saying, oh, if we're just going to go back to Mariner again. Okay, she's not going to get over it. Like, I hate to interject in a comedy show, but I think Mariner has experienced some kind of trauma that mm. she has. I mean, it's played for comedy. But she she keeps on shooting herself in the foot on purpose. Mm-hmm. Okay. And she's got, but she's not going to change overnight. So I like this, her buddy saying, look, come on, you know, you're brilliant. He basically saying like Mariner could actually be where her mom is yeah. one day. Yes. She's that smart, but she just, she's afraid. And she uses that fear. She puts up that wall like, I don't care. I don't care what anybody thinks of me. I don't care. She does care. She's afraid to care. Mm. But I know we talk about a comedy show, but it's pretty deep, though. It's it's valid, man, because they said something in this episode that I'm going to write down, underline three times, where Quimp says she's stuck in a state of a perpetual state of immature rebellion. That's that's a pretty good statement right there. Jeez, Louise. That is right on the head. Love it, love it, love it. And he poses the question, you know, Mariner, what's eating you up inside? I, I think that's what we all want to know, right? What what happened to Mariner? I think hopefully yeah. we get that this season because, and you know, once she realizes that, maybe we'll see a different Mariner. But like you said, I, I do like the change we've seen in her so far this season. Having her not be the main point of interest in a lot of episodes she's been able to send the background and still be funny and it plays a lot more a lot better to me in that sense i think she's uh number one i think she's got the whole thing of legacy because we mm-hmm. never heard him talk about her parents parents were they starfleet officers also we don't know but we do know you know she's the daughter and i assume her dad was probably a pretty well-known captain before mm-hmm. he became an admiral and her mom's a captain. That's a lot to live up to. Yeah. And and I agree with Marge. You're saying that she uses humor as a defense. She does. She does. Now, what probably shouldn't have been as funny as it was, I did get a laugh out of it. But the whole Ferengi Memorial, Morning Lost Profits. <laughs> uh, <laughs> it, it, it was funny, but it was also cringe. I'm like, oh, man, it's almost it too close to, to real world. It was supposed to be cringe. It was it, supposed to be. <laughs> Like, oh, no, they didn't. You know, of course, we can think of several examples of real world instances where where there's a memorial for good reason. So, yeah, they poked fun. And it was it was funny. But like you said, also cringe. We talked about Boiler. We talked about Mariner and Quimp. No, we didn't Um, really talk about Boiler. Let's get into it. Anything about Boiler doing nothing for the. (laughs) Oh, my God. I loved it. I loved the fact that he got hooked on TV. And he's sitting there watching TV and he's just sitting there zoning out. It reminded me of a Family Guy episode. Don't ask me which one because we can't go no farther into it mm. <laughs> than that. <Uh-oh. laughs> if anybody knows, they probably know. But uh, leave that alone. 
<laughs> but he's just sitting there. It's just like so into it. And it's like, oh my goodness. That's so him, how he does everything to 120%. Yep. But it's also definitely so meta because isn't that all of us? We we sit down on our couch. I'm going to just watch this one show. And before you know it, you look up and it's several hours have passed. Productivity killer <laughs> is what oh. I call it. Oh, not me. Not you. <laughs> I, I am a I am an absolute channel, sir. If I'm not on YouTube, I may have YouTube on, the computer on, and a movie on all at the same time. Mm, mm, I can't do it, man. I know I need to be on that medication, man. <laughs> <laughs> Anything else in the episode? I'm going to through oh, yeah, looking the some Admiral. The Ad- Admiral Vassar. Oh, he had me. Crack. Who was the voice of him? If I don't know, knows. but he isn't. He, he okay. I, as far as animals go, he was probably the least smart I've seen. But but as far as comedy goes, it was great in this episode. We got to see him dance. We got to see him, you know, basically give in to every whim of Lita. <laughs> you, know, you know what I loved about that? That was because he was your stereotypical paper pusher. He mm. wanted to get it done. No, we have to get it done. Captain, it'll be great for the Federation. He's all gun ho and we'll get in there. And his thing was to get it done, get Ferenginar in the Federation. Let's let's have it. Let's 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 do this. And she said, Hold on now. I think you jump in the gun a little bit here. And he was just like, no, no, we have to get it done. I really liked his character showing how naive that sometimes in real life, people in his position can be. And somebody who's in the field, like Carol goes, "Eh, I think you're getting played, but. Yeah, you got to give Captain Freeman a hand clap in this episode because she was fantastic. Yeah. She she gave um, an analogy to Lena in Rome. You know, it was like smart cop, bad cop. She gave an analogy to him. I can't remember what it was, but but man, um, and Rom does come off first like he doesn't have a clue what's going on. He just wants to go play baseball. Come back and see my baseball collection and and all of this stuff. But but man, they are they click off each other and they are kind of <laughs> scary <laughs> the way they work off each other, man. He he gets you let your guard down while she comes in and puts in the dagger. Yeah, and the thing about it, I already saw a comment on somebody's thing. Do um we think um oh that I don't know if I thought that was kind of Lita and Rom though. And I said that was definitely Lita and Rom. Mm. And I'm gonna tell you why. They had to do that. They would not be respected as leaders of Ferenginar if they didn't try to swindle yeah. everything they could out of the Federation. Yeah, yeah. And I found it kind of refreshing or, or very true to Star Trek by uh, Freeman swindling them back in the very end is what gained their respect and allowed them to sign it. Exactly. That's so Star Trek, man. It's so, come on, that's you got to give applause to that. That's just beautiful. It's all, but we we actually saw the same thing almost on Strange New Worlds when that one group was going to join, and Pike basically told them, "Nah, I wouldn't join. I, hey, you got good reason not to want to join. Yeah, I wouldn't want to join us either. You know." But this was so like, what you cheated <laughs> us back? Oh my God, I love you. We we have to join now. 
Yeah, they respected that so much. Yeah, I love that. And they are saying that the actor for Shax was playing Vassery. So, oh, okay. Fred Tadasari, if I'm saying his name right, played uh, Admiral Vassery. So, yeah, that's pretty awesome. He's great in that role. Yeah, I enjoyed the whole thing. I I thought we were going to get to see um, Quark again. Yeah, that would have been nice. I would love to see uh, Shimmerman. Yeah. Armin Shimmer. I would love to see Armin back. But, you know, we got him before, so. Yeah. But but as Wingrace mentioned in the chat earlier, I believe he mentioned that Uncle Quark was mentioned in the episode. And we did see Quark's kind of spread all throughout. Oh, man. So I have to mention this going back to Rutherford and Tindy. Quark's Federation Experience Bar and Grill. Now, I don't know if you've ever been to Star Trek The Experience in Vegas, but to me, this is just like a straight up Easter egg to that, especially when you get to the picture of the Enterprise D and the Voyager hanging from the top of the ceiling. That is directly out of Star Trek The Experience. I loved all of that. You know what that what it reminded me of? It kind of reminded me of uh, Jack Rabbit Slims in Pulp Fiction. Where they go there, they go to eat, and they have all the different waiters and waitresses dressed mm-hmm. up as iconic 50 icons like Marilyn Monroe and mm-hmm. stuff like that. And I love that seeing him walking around, uh, yeah, the Ferengi dresses. I guess it's supposed to be Spock and Ferengi, you know. Mm-hmm. I thought that was pretty cool. Yeah, yeah. Oh, man. There was a cringe moment when they told them they'd had to go into the, oh, what did he call it? The blind box <laughs> where they can't oh. see you, but they can hear you. Like, oh, no. <laughs> yeah. And then they threw that back in our face later on where they both crawled in the Jeffrey's tube together. Like, oh, that was great. <laughs> like, um, yeah, y'all got chemistry, man. Yeah. There's something else going on here, whether you guys admit it or not. Yeah. And it was cool seeing Miglimo pop up in there for a minute as well. Seeking out strange new meals. <laughs> it, overall, I, I just I I really had fun with it. Me too. Really enjoyed this episode, man. Really no qualms about it. Oh, let me go through the Easter eggs real quick. We don't have to linger on it, but the Suggo Cola, Mariner Stimbolt, uh, Moab 4, Genesis, Mini Genesis Device, and the Paramount Eye, Paramount Plus Mountain, and the Unicorn Dog. Let's talk about the cold open real quick before we get out of here. This is going into this long kind of story they've been dropping into each episode with this mysterious ship mm-hmm. destroying vessels. And we see it again. And it seems like this Ferengi have his name written down here. Jeef, I think was his name. Seems like he's expecting it to come. Like he knew something. Yeah. That was interesting. Yeah. Do you think the Ferengi have something to do with this or or any... Any other thing we can glean from this cold open? It, it's Ferengi. I mean, there's somebody in the Ferengi, and it's not to say that all Ferengi are not upstanding, but, you know, just like uh, we've seen greedy humans on Star Trek before, and they live or were born on a world that is pretty much a paradise, and they're still not good people. Yeah, that's true. That's true. Yeah, whatever it is, I I can't wait for them to unfold this mystery. It has to be coming close because we only have a few episodes left. So hopefully it's not disappointing, but I hope not. I don't think they're I, I finally come to the conclusion that I don't think they're killing them. I don't either. 
So there almost definitely will be somewhere that we'll see pop up later. So I just want to say, um, seeing Chase on here for anybody who's played Star Trek online, uh, Chase Bastion, she was one of the first cast members, not the first, because obviously Leonard Nimoy was the first from the beginning, but she was one of the first cast members to actually lend her voice to, you know, characters, two different versions. She's an admiral. And then she's also on the mirror side. And then she's regular leader, mm-hmm. you know. But uh, one of the coolest things is in the game, one of the things you can pick up is self-sealing stem bolts. <laughs> <laughs> That's the joke that just keeps on giving. Let's pick up a few more comments and give our ratings. Everybody in the chat, go ahead and drop your ratings in there because we're going to give ours. But uh, when Grace points out also that Chase also played in Orion in the Star Trek fan film. Mm-hmm. Larry, let's go ahead and give our ratings for this episode. I think I want to go first on this one and, and, okay. and leave it to you to, to, to follow me up. I'm going to give this surprisingly a 4.7. I kind of I kind of love this episode, man. It played into all the nostalgia in a good way by pushing the story further, character growth for our Lord Ed characters and also characters we haven't seen in forever. So mm-hmm. uh, I just thought it was a well done story all the way around. What about you, man? What's your rating for this episode, sir? My rating, I'm going to have to do one better. My rating is going to be a 4.8. Mm. Cause I just felt strong. I didn't feel strong enough to give it five, but I felt strong enough to almost give it that. Um, like I said, I had fun. I laughed out loud. And I hadn't done that for the last few episodes. The got to be honest, the last few episodes, the cold openings were more interesting to me than some of the rest, the rest of the episodes. You know, on the whole, I think I've enjoyed this season a lot more than the previous season. I have to say, Tosh is giving this four point five out of five. Cardassian tequilas, <laughs> Kanar. You got to have Kanar, Tasha. That's what the for the. Um, Cardassians drink. <laughs> oh, Wig Grace is giving it four out of five tube grubs. Yeah, that that's that's a good item. That's I got good. you two grubs. <laughs> so if you're listening for the first time or have been here for a long time, we w- thank you for being here. Of course, you can hit us up at Discussing Trek on any and all social medias or send us feedback at feedback at DiscussingTrek.com. Uh, Larry, anything else before we get out of here, man? I can't think of anything other than um just having fun with this loving star trek we got so much to choose from so that's it indeed let's hopefully they can stick the landing on this season and this is a news item i don't want to bring it up because we might keep going all night but uh you know nothing is safe so mike mcmahon says nothing is safe so if you're loving lower decks watch it on whatever platform you can uh praise it on social media because uh, he he, tra- he really tried to make it seem like Lord X could be on the chopping block. So who knows? Well, whenever you have a new regime come in, they're going to look at it and say, what's profitable? How much you uh, we're just talking about the Ferengi. <laughs> come on. Hollywood is every bit like that. Last week I heard um, I was on told up. I'm just going to say this. The new uh, Exorcist movie. Mm-hmm. You know how much that thing opened with? Is probably terrible. Yeah. Like, I think 30 million. They yeah. paid for the rights to the franchise. They paid 400 million. They've greatly overvalued the franchise. 
Just letting you know. Just saying here. Oh my god. Oh my god. So are we saying the 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 people over at Paramount Plus are the Ferengi. That's what we're saying, basically. Yeah, uh, well, haven't they always been? <laughs> I mean, oh boy, we don't even want to get in that because we will be here all night. How many times? Oh, Rathacon was one of the best. Well, it didn't really make any money. What? Mm. Nah, we want our attorneys to look at this. Uh, it turned out it did make some money. <laughs> Indeed. And Wintergrace is saying it looks like we're going to get the Badgie episode next week. That would be fun. Oh, so fun. I love Badgie. Badgie is just the perfect psychotic computer program. Yeah. I want to get Badgie and Moopsie in the same episode and Peanut Hopper, Hamper in the same episode. That would be my you know, dream. Because if you had Badgie and then got Moriarty. Mm. <laughs> now, we'd really be in trouble if that ever happened. You know... Badgie should have showed up in Section 31 on Picard Season 3. I'm just saying. I'm just saying. That would have been that great. That is true. <laughs> that is true. I think people would have would have been up in arms, probably. I, would, I need to find out who, who voices Badgie, because he they do an amazing job. Oh, yeah. All right, guys. Well, we're going to wrap up with that. We appreciate you guys joining us. We'll see you next week. You guys have a great weekend. Until next time, live long and prosper. Thanks for listening to the Discussing Trek podcast. For more information, go to DiscussingTrek.com slash subscribe. You've been listening to the Discussing Network. Find out more at discussingnetwork.com.